This is harder, Steve. Sally? I'm afraid your old friend's back. Fifty years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. Who? Everybody, welcome back to the Everyday is Halloween podcast in 2022. As always, I'm Horror Guy Keenan, and we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to talk about two horror flicks that have just come out recently. I know it's uh, we don't really get a lot of really cool horror films in the beginning of the year, but this year's been a little different. We got Scream, which is a film we're not going to talk about, but I want to still point out that that film was pretty good for a sequel of many sequels in the uh, in the series. Um, it does what Scream does well: the guess at who's done it kind of meta vibe and uh yeah definitely want to give shout out to screen but these the two films that we're going to talk about today are netflix's texas chainsaw massacre and dave grohl's studio 666 now texas chainsaw massacre has been under uh a lot of criticism and I am excited to talk about this one because I could probably do an entire episode on just this film, but I figured I'd level it out with a little Studio 666 love. Um, And of course, as Halloween news starts pouring out later in the year, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. But today is going to be more about these two films and about horror films. So let's get it started. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, I believe, the ninth film in the series of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. It isn't like a lot of the sequels are wonderful texas chainsaw obviously toby hooper's classic is absolutely is amazing uh whereas the sequel is just they just went right for the gut for just we're gonna cheese this up and have a just have a good time with it and i feel like if you enjoy texas chainsaw 2 you'd probably like this texas chainsaw massacre now we have Texas Chainsaw 3 with Ken Foray. Also, very different vibe. And then you have Texas Chainsaw Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Another film. Lots of different vibes. Then we get our Texas Chainsaw remake, which is a completely different vibe, again, from all the films telling the story from the last one. Then Texas Chainsaw The Beginning. And then Texas Chainsaw with the Dario chick. I forget her full name. Um, Do your thing, cuz. As you can see, the movies aren't doing great. They're just coming out to hold the license. 
And then we get Leatherface, a film that I still have not seen. And it's crazy to me that there is a main slasher movie out there that I haven't seen, but I have had no want or a reason to watch this movie. And nobody said like, no, you need to watch Leatherface. That's the film where it's at. Zero. Hallowseve365 at gmail.com. If you have any other thoughts on that film and you want to persuade me into uh, <laughs> to watching it, feel free to record your uh, your questions or answers and I'll be happy to play them on the show. Um, and now we're led to this, a Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, I know a lot of us didn't have hope for it at all. Texas Chainsaw going to Netflix. They've just run the well dry. It's just going to be crap, right? Now, I'm going to preference and start off by saying that I loved this movie. I loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. By the way, if you don't know, the way they get around licensing on different versions of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is the Texas Space Chainsaw Massacre. There is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There is the Texas, like it just keeps going. So this one is no, the Texas Space Chainsaw Space Massacre. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This whole thing's ridiculous. Anyways, uh, this film stars the girl from eighth grade. I don't remember her real name. Uh, and a bunch of other kids that I've never even heard of. And they are young entrepreneurs going to the town where the original events from the very first film take place. Um, some of them have some crazy backstories. Most of them are young entrepreneurs uh, that are, you know, one's a chef and they're wanting to open up a restaurant and they got into a deal with a bunch of other young entrepreneurs that there's a town that's basically one run the well dry saying that quote again. And they're looking to boost just, you know, a livelihood in this town and rebirth it. Um, obviously the tragedy that happened in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what uh, led people to leave and trauma behind that whole thing. Um, the only people that are still around are uh, Sally from the very first film. She is now, I'm guessing the sheriff. She wears a badge. I think we've got that point across. Um, and some other kind of like podunk, just kind of, you know, people that are hanging around the town that are just, you know, refuse to leave some cops. That's about it. So the kids go uh, to go scope out the town and check it out. Check out spaces where they'd want to go. One of the young girls that is a cook brings her friend, or I'm sorry, her sister, who's gone through some trauma. She's gone through a school shooting. Um, and she's kind of like an in, inside kid. She's, you know, a homebody and, and rightfully so. Now this movie is getting a lot of flack for things that it builds up that it doesn't really pay off a lot to do with this role right here the school shooting girl um we'll get to that later so these kids they go to the town uh and they kind of scope out certain areas they're looking at you know different areas and they, to preference uh one is uh i think a, a mixed race there's a white blonde girl your typical girl that gets probably the, the first kill and a young black man. The young black man sees a uh, Confederate flag hanging from one of the buildings, and he's like, "Man, we have 
we have uh, people coming here, the investors to come later. I can't have this hanging out here. So he's like, I want to go inside and, and take this flag down. And of course, somebody's inside and he kind of, you know, gets startled and they let they figure out that there are people still living in some of these buildings, even though that they've acquired basically the entire town. Uh, and she's like, you know, and like, no, we have papers for this area. Like, I know they're here somewhere. And they're just like, no, you're kind of crazy lady. And these kids, these kids are kind of jerks. Like they're coming into a town and they're kicking everybody out. They're not kicking everybody out, but they're politely saying like, well, no, the banks have you know foreclosed everything. Like these are our, our, our buildings and the, the confused people at the town are just, they don't, they don't want to leave. Obviously. Um, one of the guys that's going to be re- redoing and repairing a lot of the buildings. He's working in a mechanic shop in the town and they're building this kind of like, he's more of a good old boy, uh, kind of saying quippy things to the young blackhead. And it's, it, you, you feel this tension, right? You're feeling very 2022, um, archetypes being built in a horror film. Um, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Black Christmas remake where they kind of like hammer this down your throat. Um, and to me, that's not good filmmaking. Uh, horror movies have always been political and always reference the times that they're in. Um, but they do it correctly. Perfect example, George Romero with his Dead series um, does it very well and enough that if you look into it, you can find it if you don't, you don't even realize it. Uh, this movie starts doing that. This movie starts setting up these these little uh, chess pieces. Uh, the school shooting, the young black kid pulling down the uh, Confederate flag, the guy pushing back on him, uh, young youth coming in and, and tearing down, uh, you know, what what was there before that people stand for um in this in the town square there's a statue of a of a horse and a, and a guy sitting on top of it and this is where all the young kids when they show up in their their tour bus um to buy uh vacant buildings uh they party around it right so you're thinking oh man are we gonna have a tear down the the statue vibe in this thing like all these things are set up and nothing happens with them legitimately nothing happens with them i think and this is just a theory of mine here i've heard rumors that the first director of this film was let go or removed from the project and somebody else came in and i bet there are script revisions and i bet a lot of these things that are set up just don't play well with with audiences you know people watch films to escape it's too on the nose right um, so they brought this new director in and he kills them all. He kills everybody. Right. They like, I feel like this is a, a film that was previewed halfway through in a board meeting. And they were like, so what do we do with it? Or how do we, how do we fix this film? And then the director's like, what if we just kill them all? They're like, well, well, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. It's a movie with Leatherface just massacre everybody in the script (laughs) and i think they're just like uh you know what we've invested too much money in this film already sure yeah just go for it we'll see what happens and i think that's the saving grace of this movie is that all these young entrepreneurs show up and they have all these hot button topics that you're ready for them to delve into and they just kind of don't leatherface shows up and shuts all that shit down (laughs) and rightfully so man 
these kids are coming into his house. They're they're picking apart stuff. They send his his, his mother to the hospital. What's a dude gonna do? He's just like, fuck these kids. I'm gonna get rid of them. And he and that's exactly what Leatherface does. I'm not gonna spoil it for you on how he does it, but let's just say it is some of the goriest scenes I've seen in a slasher film in a very very long time. And I was cheering, man. I was having so much fun with this movie. And people are like, well, I don't watch slasher films for the, for the slasher. You're telling me you don't watch 80s schlocky slasher movies for the slasher and the kills. You watch it for the story. I don't believe you. I don't believe you for a friggin' second. That is what horror films are for. If you want to get deep into the weeds of an Academy Award winning, you know, a thought piece, go to the, yeah, watch the Oscars, man. Like that's where those films go. This is a slasher movie. I've come to watch the stupid uppity kids uh, get hacked up and, and nobody gets out alive. Or there's a clever twist where one of them gets out and kind of overthrows the killer. Other than that, that's what I'm watching the movie for. So it's just it's funny to me that there's all these people on their high horse that didn't like this movie because they 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 wanted a a deeper meaning with Leatherface. Like <laughs> now, granted, there are some things that they do. Obviously, they kind of pull a um, Halloween 2018, where you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis comes back as Laurie Strode, Sally, the Lone Ranger comes back to confront Leatherface for one last time to get. Uh, you know, vengeance for her friends that he killed in the first film. And like, I'll, I'll let you know right now that they don't do a very good job at, at doing any of that. Um, but it's still great because think about it. Think about Halloween 2018, a film that I did not care for where Laurie Strode comes back and she's like the ultimate badass and she's setting up all the traps and she's been waiting all these years for Michael to, to come back around and, you know, like it, it was hardcore, like the way they, they built her up. If you did that again in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, it would just be like, well, you're just copying Halloween. This is exactly what they did in 2018. Uh, so Sally kind of goes a different way. And it's kind of what would happen if you had a person walk up to Leatherface. I mean, this dude's huge, man. He's a force to be reckoned with. And this movie portrays him in the best ways possible probably the best way since texas chainsaw 2 i love the original i love texas chainsaw 2 and i you know i crapped on the platinum dunes remake when it first came out but as time has gone on it's not that bad of a picture honestly i will never say that about the nightmare on elm street platinum dunes film and i've even kind of warmed up to friday the 13th i'm not saying that the friday the 13th remake was great or anything but at least we were getting something with Jason. It's been what? 12, 13 years. So I got to at least plod the, the Leatherface camp for doing something with the character and having fun with it. Um, I've also heard things about the anti-gun or pro-gun stuff in this movie. Um, obviously, the young girl who was in a school shooting, who's kind of in trauma. Um, she goes to the mechanic guy's place and he has like an AK-47 like on the table or whatever. And she kind of gets immersed into it. And she's almost like, oh, can I touch it? And you're thinking like a girl who was in a school shooting. Like, why would she be so like enthralled by guns? And apparently that's a thing. Apparently I've, I've heard, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to touch on a hot button topic. I don't know too much about, but uh, 
that could be a thing and then some people are saying it's anti-gun because every time somebody gets a gun it doesn't work in this movie and that's i think that's great for a slasher movie nobody should just be popping off because then leatherface would be gone in two seconds um but yeah like it's not a bad movie i don't know why people are watching this movie and expecting so much more than leatherface hacking up stupid kids and that's what you get and it's probably one of the best horror endings i've seen in quite a while and easily one of the best moments with a smart car in a horror movie <laughs> i don't know again it's a dumb netflix movie go if you're gonna watch this flick just kind of pop some popcorn pop open a beer sit back and enjoy yourself don't look too much into it and just have a good time and if you don't like it whatever i'm not gonna blast you because you didn't like it either it's it's it's, it's just a fun flick man i feel like people are putting too much weight into some of these movies so yes i'm gonna give uh four out of five stars to texas chainsaw massacre thank you for bringing back leatherface making them brutal again please give me another movie all right moving on to dave grohl's studio 666 how you feeling everything okay ever since we moved into this house my mind is flooded we all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. But it allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. Oh my god! Dude has got one flew over the cuckoo's nest crazy. It's this place, man. Let's finish the track. Can we just wait, dude? found a new musical note oh yes i did it's an l uh, i saw this in theaters obviously this movie is just cracking over the one million dollar mark over the weekend obviously it's not you know setting any trends or you know you know breaking the bank or anything but it's kind of exactly what you got you know this movie reminds me obviously uh, it's it's a movie about the foo fighters making their next album and they want to make obviously i think it's gonna be like the 10th album so they got to make it the most most brutal film most brutal album they can ever release you know um and now this movie reminds me a lot of and if you ever watch the kiss films or you ever watch the beatles movies or there was another one i compared it to that was kind of like a band getting together and like obviously the band cannot act the band they're bandmates and they've been in music videos and you've probably watched a few Foo Fighter videos and they're cheesy and hokey. So you're getting a full fledged film of that. Uh, the story is yes, Dave Grohl meets with his producer and all the band members and you get to kind of know them. And as you're getting to know, like you don't even really get to know them. That's the thing. Like if you, this movie's for the fans in the, in the way that if you know them, you're like already on board, you're already like super stoked to see like the certain, you know, the drummer guy, um, uh, Pat smear from Nirvana, all these other guys that are in the band. Uh, but if you're not, you're just kind of like, Oh, okay. I guess that guy's the weird one. And this one's like the, like the tame one. And it's, it's, it's whatever. Um, obviously yes dave grohl can act we've seen him in stuff apparently everybody brings up the hot ones episode that he's in uh and they love it they love dave grohl but it's the rest of the band that kind of it's a little iffy but like i appreciate dave grohl for putting them in the spotlight and trying to give them moments um 
And it just remind yeah, it just reminds me of those old Beatles movies where like, yeah, the Beatles can't act, but like at least they're they're attempting it and having fun with it. Um, so yes, the band goes to uh, the, I guess the the record producer. He's been shit on by the Foo Fighters so much that he's like, I know the perfect place to take you guys to, and it's like an old abandoned home that apparently some uh, another band previously had died in. Um, and that's where they're going to record their next album. And you can see in the trailer when Dave Grohl does claps his hands, he, the, the acoustics in the room are kind of almost evil. You can hear like an, a hollow bang with it. And he's like, oh, this is perfect. I can't wait to record the album here. And as he starts recording, things start happening. Um, and band members, band members start dying off one by one, which is kind of funny because it's kind of like, you know, you do uh, you record an album. You don't record together. Obviously, they're trying to figure out their songs in the movie. Uh, but you, you record separately. You put, you lay down the drum tracks first and then you move on to the guitars and so on and so forth. So you kind of see Dave pull people aside, uh, for certain scenes and it's just, it's so over the top and ridiculous. The kills are amazing, but like the acting is, is, is troublesome. Uh, the editing is, uh, at times atrocious. It, it's, it doesn't pair up very well to certain other scenes. But again, you're watching a movie about the Foo Fighters in a horror flick. This is a film that would probably end up on the Foo Fighters website in 1999 for like Halloween season and be about like 20 to 30 minutes. Like if you like our ever long music video, then you'll love this. Uh, and that's what it felt like to me. But instead of that, like theaters are hurting so bad that we got this movie in theaters. And I think that's really cool that we got like the Foo Fighters horror movie in theaters. Um, there's so much product placement in this movie, by the way, like there's a whole thing with Pat smear loving Doritos and he just holds a bag of Doritos <laughs> and other little things like, you know, there's there are certain beers and like the background and stuff like that. And that's probably all to pay for, you know, the movie to get a better budget, to better, get a better gore effects. And I say, fuck it. Yeah. Throw, throw some ad- sponsors in there. So you guys can have way better gore in certain places here and there. So yeah, again, it's it's not nothing's changing anything, but like I'm just happy that we got like a band. Mo- oh, the other band movie was uh, Ramones, uh, rock rock and roll high school. Another one where like the Ramones just cannot act. They are not actors, but God damn it, do I love rock and roll high school? So again, yeah, like this movie's probably two, I gave this movie two and a half stars out of five. I'm not saying it's anything amazing, but when this movie hits streaming services, like absolutely, and again, crack a beer. Smoke if you're in a legal state. Probably not a legal state. I don't care. And watch the movie. It's 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 a good time. I absolutely had just the best time watching this in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And like I said before, Scream. That's three top tier horror films that have come out. Yes, they don't have the best scores, but they're still good times. Uh, there's nothing worse than watching a horror movie and being bored, right? When you watch a horror flick. And you're like, man, this movie's been on for an hour and nothing has happened. I'm all for slow burns. Don't get me wrong. But the the slow burn has to be like aesthetically pleasing. You know what I mean? It's got to be like a Midsommar or, you know, it's one of those, the witch where like the story is just really immersing me. I mean, getting me frightened for what is to come. Um, But if you don't do that, it's just a cheesy horror movie and just bad. Then you're not gonna have any fun. So these movies, they they do a great job of kind of keeping the flow going. So yeah, that's this is my kind of mini uh, half an hour episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to do more of these. 
Uh, and even if it's something that's not even horror movie related, if we're going to be talking about, you know, October beers, you know, Halloween beers, uh, maybe you guys have some recipe recommendations for things to cook around October Halloween costume recommendations. Uh, I love to talk more about that stuff. I know I kind of do more of a production thing with the music and, and, and clips and cuts, and we'll still do that. We'll still have episodes like that, but I feel like to get more of these out to you guys, I'm just going to kind of have, you know, little talks about certain movies and films and, and things coming out. So let me know how I'm doing. Hallows Eve 365 at gmail.com. Make sure to follow me on the, uh, the Instagram Twitter page. Uh, we also have a discord. I'd love to talk to you guys about the discord. Uh, that is mutants and monsters. It's all the same camp. Mutants and Monsters are just the listeners of the Everyday is Howling podcast. And that's kind of where I post daily stuff. Um, we have a Patreon page. Uh, you can find all that stuff on the social media stuff. So make sure to go to the socials. Uh, friend, I'll put a QR code in there for the Discord because I know Discords are kind of hard to find. Uh, but if you're just looking for people to hang out with, you know, watch horror movies. We do horror movies on Friday nights, uh, gaming throughout the week. It's a good time. It's just to keep Halloween alive through the boring months you know all right gonna leave you all with some night chill this is cage panthers and then after that theater of blood that does it for me guys thank you all for listening and uh stay scary
I'm sorry, did you say Leatherface is bussy? <laughs>